Hey guys, great to be with you. Do you know, it's, it's estimated that 100 million songs have been written about experiencing or kind of losing or, or receiving love. Now, I'm, I don't know much about the music industry. That could be loads compared to other topics. That could be not many. Um, but it's quite a lot, right? Like, uh, there's a lot of songs that have been written that we could probably think of now about love. Uh, maybe it's, you know, Whitney Houston. Maybe it's the Beatles, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. You know, I'm probably, you know, you've got things pop into your mind, maybe. Um, I was thinking this, I think clearly, though, clearly, the very best love song or song about love is Lay All Your Love On Me by ABBA, which is 100% their greatest song. Uh, I recognize that's a controversial statement. I also recognize that my reputation may be ruined um, from that statement. But love songs, right? they're common, aren't they? They're common. We, uh, we live in a society that is full of love. It's obsessed. It's all over the place. You can find it everywhere. Do you know that the UK spent £3.5 billion pounds on Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and Father's Day in 2019. That's a lot of money. And uh, on Instagram, there were 14 billion uses of the love heart red emoji in 2018 on, on comment sections alone. You know, we live, clearly we live in a society that is obsessed with love. Clearly, we live in a society that, that considers love to be an important thing, a big, a big deal. But it's also meant to be a big deal in the church. You know, Jesus said that this is how the world will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And the world will know us by our love. Which means, which means that the world, which is so obsessed with love, is clearly meant to kind of look into the way that the church community demonstrates and expresses love and go, oh, that's, that's the way it's meant to be. That the, they clearly love God. They clearly recognize and follow a God of love. I can tell because of the way that they're living. Now, I'm not just talking here about romantic love. You know, this is love between, you know, friendships and families, love between brothers and sisters, love between friends, even love for yourself. These are all ways that our society obsesses over love. We're called to be a community known and marked by the way that we love. We're called to be a community that, see, this, 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 what Jesus is saying here isn't like a, oh, maybe you'll be known for your love. Or, or, or maybe, you know, if only, no, he's saying, that's a promise. We will be known by our love. As a church, if we're following him and we're being true disciples, we will be known by our love. What a fascinating statement. Um, and I've got three questions that I'm going to hopefully look at um, over this time. The first question is this, how do we know what love is? You know, that song, I want to know what love is. <laughs> how, how do we answer that question? You know, how do we, how do I know, how do we know what love is? The second question was, what does loving each other as a church actually look like? And the third question is, how do we get love right whilst in lockdown? Let me pray. Father, we want to seek you, want to know more of your truth, help us to understand this topic, and I pray that it would be encouraging and challenging as it was to me as I prepared it. Amen. The, uh, the second most popular question on Google in 2019 was, what is love? 
And the Wikipedia definition of love, that kind of opening section said this, said, love is unusually difficult to consistently define. So if, if I want to know what love is, and if, if we want to know what love is, how, how do we find ways to answer that question? For many people, the only reference that we have for what love is, is the emotions we experience, the, the observations we kind of make about the world, and the media we consume, film, movies, music. How do we know what love is. Well, it's, it's almost like, you know, God's got a sword here. You know, I, I, I want you, I'm calling you to be a community that is, is re- renowned for your love. So I'm going to make it really clear so that you can know what love actually is. How do, you, how do you know what love is? Well, 1 John 3.16 says, this is how you know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's it. That's, that's the definition Jesus' death, according to this verse, was the ultimate expression of all kinds of love. Love in every possible scenario and circumstance. If there's real love there, then it's going to be expressed and it's going to be acted out in a way that's similar to the way that Jesus died on the cross. And you know, different situations involve different personal experiences and different feelings But Jesus' death on the cross is love at its most clear and at its most perfect. That might seem like an interesting thing to think about, um, but I've got got some reasons why I think that is the case. It says that Jesus' death on the cross is the defining example of love because we didn't deserve it. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation or a circumstance where, you know, you've, you've maybe been rude to someone or, 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 or maybe ignored them or, or maybe hurt them in some way. And, uh, and, and the other person, rather than kind of showing the same back to you, actually chooses to kind of be good to you um, by maybe, you know, making you a card or, or giving you a present or, um, you know, making you a meal or, or giving you a hug. And you're kind of there like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't, I don't deserve this. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's your experience at all. But it's similar with the way that God loves us. The Bible is clear. Before God, we are all terribly inadequate and undeserving of his love. You know, the story of humanity, my story and, and, and yours even, is, is a story of a people choosing daily to reject God, ignore him, show even contempt to him. We are in no way deserving of God's love for us. Yet, he still loves us. Jesus' death on the cross is perfect love because it is perfect love for the perfectly unlovable. We are in no way deserving of his love. And not only that, but it actually, it, it cost him everything. You know, all, all manners and all forms of love eventually you know, are, are costly in some way we have to kind of give to others. But, but God's love is just like this, but even further. It says that um, not only were we undeserving of God's love, but we were actually deserving of God's wrath, which is his, his kind of personal dislike and even hostility towards sin, which is tragically the thing that we fall into so easily. So for God to lavish and show his love on us, which is what he wants to do. You know, it says in in, in 1 Timothy that God desires all people to be saved. He, He wants to show his love to us. But his justice 
for the things that we've done wrong needs to be done. And so what Jesus says, he, he steps into the picture and he says, look, I'll, I'll take on the thing that they deserve, the punishment, the just punishment for the things that they've done wrong, so that they can receive what they don't. That is his love, his mercy, and his goodness. That's the story of the gospel. That's, that's sacrificial love. Jesus stepping into the situation and enduring the pain and the shame and the burden of the cross sacrificially. He laid down everything for us. Everything for us. There's never been a more sacrificial example of love. You know, Jesus' death on the cross demonstrates love more than anything because it cost him everything. Not only did we not deserve it, not only did it cost him, but the Bible says that he did it for us. He did it for you. Freely, willingly, Jesus laid down his life for you. He endured the pain and the shame of the cross so that you didn't have to. It's perfect love because it's not for personal gain. It's for our benefit. He, he died and he rose again in order that he might offer us new life, abundant life, found in him, following him, being faithful to him, a life marked out by his love for us. We didn't deserve his love. It cost him everything, but he did it for you. Not just so that you can understand it, but so you could receive the benefit by trusting it and putting your full weight on it. You know, you, you want to know what love is? <laughs> See Jesus dying painfully on the cross, buried alone in the tomb, and rising gloriously from the dead. We didn't deserve it. It cost him everything, but he did it for us. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And there's an, another line that comes after it. It says this, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That is the church. See, my second question I asked is, what does loving each other as a church actually, actually look like? Well, it looks like the way that Jesus loved. It means loving those who don't deserve it. Even you know, if someone mocks you or ignores you or shows contempt to you or walks away from you or slams the door on you or says, I hate you, or even if someone's just plain indifferent to the way that you're expressing love to them, our love is the kind of love that should be keeping on going because that's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. Loving those who don't deserve it. And... It means loving even when it's costly, even when it hurts, even when you lose sleep over it, even when you're, you're pouring money into it, and you've got less spending cash, you know. Loving others in this way is costly. That's actually why Jesus describes the Christian life like carrying a cross. Because our life is supposed to be about sacrificially loving others the same way that he did when he carried our cross. Not only does it mean you know, loving others when it's costly, it, it also means actually doing it for the other 
person and not for us. You know, sometimes it's kind of like, well, I'll invite them around because I want to kind of hopefully get to know them and they'll hopefully invite me around and then I'll be a part of that social scene and I want to see them. and want to. No, it, it means loving others and inviting them around regardless or if they even have a table to invite you back around to. It means showing others goodness and grace because you want to value and appreciate them, not because you want to be valued and you want to be appreciated. It's challenging stuff. You know, we talked earlier about love songs and ABBA and, you know, the foreigner song. Um, but there's a, there's a song that I think is really helpful to this conversation. And uh, it's, it's actually found in 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, it's, it, many people read this as at, at weddings. Um, but it's not just about romantic love. This is, a, this is a passage all about the way in which the church should be loving. And... It goes like this. And Paul begins by saying, you know, if we don't have love, we have nothing. As a church, if, we, if we're not showing love to each other, there's nothing. We can have the best online service. We can have the highest YouTube views. We can have the greatest social media game. We could have the coolest looking clothes or the best checked shirts. I don't know, you know whatever else it might be. If, if we don't have a genuine love for one another, it's worthless. It's completely worthless. That's what Paul's saying. It's really challenging. And then he goes on to say this. Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not post. It is not proud. Does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always hopes. It always trusts. It always perseveres. Love? Love never fails. That's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. That's the kind of love that Jesus calls us to have for one another. Wow, so powerful. You know, the, the, the third question that I asked was, was how can we get love right in lockdown? We are currently a church without walls, not meeting in a building, scattered across mid-Sussex and even the world. How do we get love right in this situation? You know, COVID-19 means there's uncertainty. We can't see each other the way that we may be used to. What, is it, what does it mean to be a church that loves each other in this situation well, I think ultimately that's only a question that can be answered by the church. It can't be answered purely by me. I encourage you to think about this question. But I've got three suggestions. The first suggestion I wanted to make was press in with community. You know, as a church, we have life groups. Life groups are designed so that people can get close enough to show love to each other and be good to each other and experience life together. You know, actually, it's really easy to be on the fringes of church and to not really have to show love. You know, love is only required when you're close enough. You know, you only need to show patience to someone when you're close enough to actually get really frustrated with them and really mad at them. You know, patience only is necessary when you're actually kind of butting heads a little bit with someone. You need to kind of show patience. So, 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 so to show love as a church, we need to be close. We need to be a community of closeness. It's super easy to float in the background, especially now, 
you know, especially in lockdown, I encourage you, if you're a part of a group, press in. If you maybe can't meet, um, you know, for, for, for COVID reasons, then Zoom and all that is still, it's, you know, Zoom fatigue is real, believe me, I know. But like, pressing in, pressing in. Maybe if you're part of a life group and there's someone who you know who's shielding and actually can't participate in the garden meetups or whatever you might be doing in the park, maybe it's going around their house and knocking on their window and just waving and saying hi and, and just showing love to them, even though you know that they can't come out. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it might look like. Loving together as a community of life groups. The second thing is loving our wider society. Love in mid-Sussex. You know, we're called to be a church that loves each other in such a way that actually blesses, as Jesus said, blesses the world around us. I encourage you, how can you serve mid-Sussex? We have Ministries here at King's, Hope into Action, and, uh, you know, and, and Debt Advice, and Cars Ministry. These are ways that we're trying to serve the community. Don't just assume that you're not needed. Don't assume that. Press in. See what's going on. See, you know, contact our office and say, oh, is there anything I can do to help? I, I, I can help in whatever way I want, you know, in whatever way you want. The, the, the one John... 316 passage actually has, an, has kind of another line, which is, takes it even more challenging because it applies it. It says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's a provocative challenge to consider what we have. For them, he's talking about material possessions, but for you, it might be time, you know, time to pray, time to serve, and maybe money, time to, you know, money to give, or, or, or I don't know whatever it might be, but consider what we have and how we can use it to love those who are in need. The final thing is maybe just the simplest. Open your phone, not, not right now. Open your phone, scroll through your contacts. Who can you call or message that might be needing love? Who is it that maybe you used to talk to, but their negativity kind of brought you down, so you no longer message them, you know, because you don't want to... How do you show love to that person? Not for your benefit, but for theirs. I, I had a similar thought at the start of lockdown. I reached out to someone. You know, I don't know exactly all that they struggle with, but I messaged them, and I, 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 I'm able to listen, and I'm able to love. That's all it requires. I recommend you do the same. Find people that you can share love to. We, uh, we didn't deserve the love of God. It cost him everything, but he did it for us. Can you imagine, can you imagine a community that did the same, that loved the way that Jesus did? Jesus, Jesus can that's, that's what he's saying in, in that passage right at the top. You know, they will know you by your love. It's a promise, which means that it's achievable. The King's Church Mid-Sussex can get love right so, much, so well that Mid-Sussex, ordinary people in Burgess Hill, Haywood Seath, Hassocks, Ditchling, can look in and go, wow, wow. They, they love God. I can tell because of their actions. I can tell because of their community. It's possible. 
is possible. Now we are going to sing, we're going to worship, praise God for the love that he's given us. Um, I'm going to pop back up at the end, so don't close the laptop on me, don't put the phone away. I'm going to come back. Um, but I just want to say, if, uh, if you uh, were li- kind of listening about God's love and you, and you thought, oh, that's interesting, I, I want to know more about that, check Alpha out. Alpha is our way of kind of explaining and, and looking at and having conversations about the deeper parts of life and, and what faith looks like and who God is. I encourage you to check that out. But yeah, like I said, we're going to sing. I actually asked Dan if we could sing Abba, but he said no, unfortunately, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, obviously, I didn't actually, but you know, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and then let's worship. Father God, your love for us is magnificent. It's overwhelming. It's far deeper and far wider and far higher and far more significant and far more compelling and far more clear and far more perfect than we could ever wrap our heads around. But our prayer, Lord God, is that you would show us some of it, even a glimpse of it more, that we might, that we might understand to a, to a greater degree how much you truly love us and that that would stir us to love the way that you have loved us. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, you died on the cross for us. We don't deserve your love. It cost you everything, but you did it for us. Amen.